702 presents the Locked and Down podcast with Cindy Paluta in association with the South African Depression and Anxiety Group because help is at hand. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from me, Cindy Paluta, to everyone listening to this Locked and Down podcast. Being in lockdown is a real tough one. We're trying to keep things as normal as possible for ourselves and most importantly for our children. So we continue our conversation today with clinical psychologist Candace Cowan, who specializes in children and their anxieties. And today we're focusing on homeschooling and the anxiety and stress that goes with that. Thank you again, Candace, for staying with us for this next episode. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So working parents, we know children like routine. It's easy to drop them off at school. We drop them off in the morning. Everything's done for us. Maybe we pick them up in the afternoon or after daycare. But now we're trying to work and manage a timetable for them. So we've sat down and we've all worked out this beautiful timetable, but now they need our help here and there to get them through the work. And that can be quite stressful for everybody living in a small space and trying to navigate all of this. Yeah, I think, I mean, we we have to organize. I mean, our houses are only so big with so many spaces that people can do their own private little things and there's communal spaces right so I think we need to think about parents obviously are having to work it and we have to be realistic about what they can give during this time yes potentially they're doing online schooling where teachers have either sent packs home or they have to check in online which means then they have they need access to the laptops or, or ipads and we have to share so it needs to be a lot of parents managing what they can do at this time and, and managing the expectations of obviously employees. There's certain, I think a lot of people are going to need a lot of flexibility during this time. So I think it would have to say mom or dad or, or whoever it is in the house, can you do this section and I'll do this section. Just sharing the load, delegating who can do what. And then also working yourselves around the spaces in the house. So if the kids are doing homework in the living room, that one parent will be in the study or wherever it is just to help so that People aren't having this massive explosion in one in one dedicated area of the house. Um, but it's, it's going to be a difficult one for parents to manage. Our children are obviously around us because now we're home. So they think, oh, well, it's cool. Mom and dad are home. But how do we explain to them that actually I have to work? And though I'm working, my work is not more important than you in life. But, you know, I need to do this. So please can you not have this meltdown right now because my boss is actually going to phone me in the next three minutes. It's all these kind of things. How do we show them that they are just as important to us? as as the work that we are doing. And I think exactly how you've explained it is what you would say to a child, right? So I think it's really just not expecting that they know that and really just verbalize that to them in a very broken down manner. And it's to say that as much as you've got this task, so if you're going to do this, mommy has to do this task. And sometimes even having visual reminders helps parents, right? So if you had to have a clock or if you could show them or put a timer on that, I'm going to be busy from this time to this time, you know, for half an hour. And during that time, you're going to do this craft or this activity or build the puzzle or the homework. And then after that, that mom's going to spend this amount of time with you and just really break it down into digestible because remember kids don't really have that concept of of time you know fully developed you know at a younger age so they can't say well how long is an hour they they feel that it's very long but they actually don't know what that means so really visually breaking it down for especially younger kids is quite helpful so here's a message from um, Cassandra she said her son is very studious he's in uh, junior prep he remains focused on his grades his grades are great at the moment he's emotional because he says the schoolwork feels too much and so he misses his teachers explaining what to do and the distractions at home are just too much there's too much fun stuff going on and now he's become weepy because he's feeling anxious that he's going to get into trouble when he gets back to school and he's going to fall behind his classmates how can parents help kids 
manage that anxiety and that stress because you know for children teachers are the be all and end all and school is the be all and end all and we also don't want to say you know take away the seriousness of the schoolwork being done so you don't want to say oh, don't worry about it your teachers will understand because you need them to do the work but at the same time they need to be less anxious about it so it's really important for us to acknowledge what kids are going through and actually just let those emotions be so whether they're feeling anxious or sad or worried we need to tell them that it's okay during this time and then as parents we provide as much support as we can so so whether it's you remember the teachers aren't untouchable you know we can contact teachers during this time if we need to ask parents and just touch base with them and just say you know this is what he's struggling with i know the systems are overwhelmed all around in South Africa at the moment, but it really is to see what can sitting down with him and maybe just breaking it down. What is it that we almost like create mini goals for him? So what do we need to achieve? And even if it's not finishing the end goal in one day, mini goals is more digestible than, than the bigger picture. And I think when kids get anxious, they lose sight of that realistic thinking. You know, it doesn't mean that if I can't get this out, I'm going to be so bad at school. So we really need to help reality test with them quite a bit. And by doing that into practical steps is the, the easy easiest for kids to digest that anxiety. As parents, we're on social media, we're on WhatsApp, and we have friends who post all these amazing Pinterest crafty ideas and these amazing spaces that they've all got. And it can create anxiety in a working parent who at the moment isn't getting that gratitude and quality time with their children and isn't doing all this amazing crafty stuff we know with their children, which could spill over when you know when you when your children stop cooperating because you've got this idea in your head of what you want to do and children aren't cooperating where is the fine line between also children trying to get out of work and so using emotion because if we're constantly saying to them how are you feeling how are you feeling how are you feeling every now and then they can almost use it against us if that makes sense to go well today i'm sad so i can't do my work but you can't be sad every day and that's where adults have to help kids regulate so i'm really glad you're bringing this up because i think kids don't know how to control their emotions or regulate their emotions right and that's so important for us to role model how emotions are handled so as a parent if you're going to give into your child saying i'm sad and getting out of the barrier quickly almost like prematurely getting them out of the situations we're just creating a, a problem of avoidance right avoidance of sitting through hard situations whether it's boredom or sad or like I'm irritated, I don't want to do the schoolwork. We need to empathize. So it's not empathize and not do anything. It's empathize and then still do something. So not just letting them get away with it in terms of not doing anything. So that's fine. Give choices. So I find what, what helps nicely with kids during these kind of situations, almost like a resistance that they, they develop. And I think what happens is giving them the choice of, well, you could either do this activity or how about this activity? So instead of you thinking it needs to be this way, give them a choice. So you provide the parameters of what the choices are. Still, it's still schoolwork, both choices, but they can choose what they'd like to start with, right? So in that way, they always feel empowered that, okay, fine, I'll, I won't do what you're telling me to do, but I can do do my choice and actually effectively they are still carrying on with the work. Children seem to respond well if they're given choices for some reason. But the choices should be schoolwork still. It should be like, well, you could yeah, do geography or you could do history. It's not like, well, you can go watch TV for half an hour and then do your geography. No, you could say that you can do your geography or your history now and then you can do something of your choice. But then after that, it's going to be like this, you know, so you're really just like breaking it down, giving them a choice and effectively just shifting like the resistance or the power struggle that sometimes develops especially when kids aren't motivated and bored. What would your top tips for managing the homeschooling experience and the anxiety that goes with it be at the moment? I think parents need to check their own anxieties. I'm going to I'm gonna say that again because it's a lot. I think I, I've, I've seen a lot of people say that, you know, on top of being, you know, in my career, I'm now a full-time homeschool teacher. And I think there's a lot of respect for, for what actually has to happen in terms of education. 
So I think just for parents to realize that actually, like it's okay if you can't get 100% perfect. I think you need to do what works for you and your family at the moment. And I think be flexible and like kind and gentle with yourself. So parents, check your emotions, right? Get down and see what it is at the, on the kid's level and see what's expected of them, right? Engage with their content with them and then delegate and help them plan so that they can and incorporate their involvement. Let them get to say, this is what I'm going to do. This is part of the plan. Know what they're doing, provide them with the support, but they also need to run a little bit with it. Check in with them. You know, so after say like, did you get this and this done? Don't expect that they're just doing it because kids inherently, you know, could actually fall off the wagon in terms of keeping motivated and have time for fun stuff, right? Create those distractions. So besides just the, the schoolwork, say like create healthy, fun things. Like I've said, game night for families, as well as teaming up siblings or people to make dinners for different nights and, and reviewing that. And, you know, those kinds of things help kids stay in the routine. But if they fall out of routine, you will experience unhelpful emotions such as anxiety, resistance, demotivation. It is important to provide the structure for them. Just as you were talking, an idea came to me, which is basically because I'm flat out working Monday to Friday, uh, long hours, et cetera, et cetera, on top of all the, you know, the housework and and cooking and cleaning and everything that goes with it. Um, I think I actually have realized that maybe I need to have a conversation with them where there is no longer a weekend. There's no longer a Saturday and a Sunday. So maybe Saturday and Sunday should be when I can focus all my attention on them because I'm not working. And Monday to Friday should be when, you know, they kind of get to sit. So yeah, you could be cramming a lot of work into two days, but realistically maybe getting more done on a Saturday and a Sunday where they have my undivided attention as opposed to trying to stick to the schedule of a Monday to Friday. Do you think that could work? Definitely. I think you, you need to think about what you have capacity for and what resources you have at the moment. I remember we, at the moment, COVID-19 lockdown doesn't really work in weekdays. You know, a lot yeah. of people, and it, it's like we, days are running into days. You're not quite sure what day of the week it is. And it is, it's a very abnormal situation. And I think you really need to think what will work the best for you, your mental health, as well as your children's mental health during this time. It's super important. So I think, yes, definitely that would work. Thank you so much again, Candice, for your time. Uh, once again, if people want to get hold of you or follow you on social media please uh, share with us your details sure you can look at my website all my details are there it's www.candicecowen.co.za thank you Cindy. Cowen, C-O-W-E-N. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked and Down. We hope you've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've got some really great tips out of it. Uh, thank you, Candice, again. Some really, really insightful stuff. I think this is one of those podcasts that I'll keep having to listen to over the 21 days just to remind myself maybe at the start of every day what exactly I need to do to get through my homeschooling for the day. Yes. And for those of you feeling completely overwhelmed, remember SADAC is always on hand to help you. Their number's 0800-456-789. Stay home, everybody, and stay safe. And thank you again for listening. Help is at hand oh. during this lockdown. Call SADAG between 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on 0800-567-789 or visit sadag.org before it's too late. For more episodes of the Locked and Down podcast, visit lifepodcasts.fm.